0: This is Romantic Magic. Visiting our first portal last week sent us west toward a mysterious, sacred island along a river. But we had no idea just how many islands we would encounter in our search. Plenty of dense vines, brambles, and rocky cliffs, even a run-in with some really dastardly quicksand, but no firing or signs of another portal waiting to be opened. Today we did a reading to see if we could shed more light on the subject. I was on my own as the wizard and Mwanda had other commitments. I paused along a stretch of sun-speckled riverbank to retrieve the cards from my pack. First out of Mwanda's deck was Firomar, the fiery, triumphant, and powerful sigil of Ares, Mars, and the world in tarot. The symbol for Firomar is a tall, sturdy pine tree. As I turned to put the cards away, another slipped from the pack and onto the ground. Vercura, the splitter of the arrow, the one with the power and commitment to practice to hit the bullseye again and again. I couldn't very well ignore her. She brought in the intense work ethic of Virgo, the open dialogue of Mercury, and grounded us in the earth. But very rarely is a reading complete with just two cards, at least in our experience. Number three was Copernus, the stooped figure of the farmer tending to his crop. Again steeped in earth, with Copernus we introduce Capricorn, Saturn, and the Justice card of Tarot. As I close my eyes, the tall pine in my mind bent forward and shook off its needles, revealing silvery bark underneath, its limbs now curved toward the earth. He remained steadfast and true, though, coursing with fiery, talkative energy, ready to push us toward our island. It could be none other than the wise one. He was the first entity we met in our collaboration, the one who urged us to start this journey of discovering entities, opening portals, finding the magic in nature, and using art, music, and writing to tap into the energies all around us. Today's tarot poll brought even more clarity to these images. The Knight of Wands is all about action, passionate and enthusiastic, getting caught up in his pursuits. The Page of Swords uses his light to pierce the darkness, showing the way. And the Seven of Cups urges us to trust the journey, to take care not to get caught up in making plans or meeting the expectations others have for us. Of course, when we met the Wise One two years ago, we'd been struggling then too, trying to find our path and purpose. We tried to make art that would appeal to the most people and help them understand what we were trying to do, but it kept getting muddled and turned around. We were, as today, at a crossroads. Sitting before his throne, he told us to stop changing our trajectory to accommodate others. We would find the energies we needed just by sharing the experiences we had in the way that felt most natural, authentic, and magical to us. A wise one introduced us to the members of his court and kingdom one by one. Ivan, his steadfast guard, the silent souls, his messengers flowing in and out. But rather than just recap it, I think it's time we share the full story with you. We put it in a small booklet filled with sweet little illustrations that absolutely fool you into thinking it's a fairy tale. Well, it is. And it's not. Have a listen. When it was time to begin, we knew just where we had to go. This place had started it all. So close to home, surrounded by the rushing, throbbing sounds of our life and times. But once we stepped inside, we had no choice but to be transported. The wizard had told me stories of the silent souls that dwelled here wide-eyed beauties who hid among dappled shadows and whispered sweet secrets to one another through the leaves. We set off on a quest to find them, following narrow, muddy, pitted trails that bore the signs of their steady passage. After many long minutes of searching, we returned to the road, letting go of our eager pursuit. It was only then that the wizard heard their murmurs. There's something here. I heard him whisper, as he grabbed my hand and left the packed dirt behind in favor of soft mud and wild bramble. A loud rustle to our right, and a dark shadow overhead, a guard announcing our arrival. One of Ivan's cohorts, we would later learn. Guardians of the Canopy. A small army of sharp-eyed, fearless overseers who patrolled the forest. I thought they only came out at night. I whispered to my adventure partner whose hand still gripped mine with nervous excitement then we're lucky he replied we thought perhaps the something was simply the awe-inspiring guard he'd sensed on our flank but as our quiet steps took us farther from the road it was clear that this place was the heart of it all we saw him standing stark white against dull browns and grays and pips of bright green His back was bent and his many arms were knotted and looped with gnarled knuckles and more fingers than we could ever hope to count. His robes were tattered and worn, the steady friction of adventure revealing his pale, slender legs. The wise one, without a word, we knew. Heads bowed, we approached and he welcomed us into his court. We settled ourselves at his feet and he spared not a moment before telling us the tale of his kingdom. Ivan and his guardians, the meadows filled with Sebastian's salve, the silent ones, heckling jesters and steadfast knights, the giant lovers in a permanent embrace who fortunate souls might hear groaning high above their heads. As he spoke we noticed his subjects moving in and out carrying messages from across the land The flow of these industrious messengers never ebbed, one after another entering and leaving his presence, some pausing to take stock of us newcomers before disappearing again on paths seen only by them. Their movements, which might at one time have seemed random to us, suddenly made perfect sense. Each one had their orders and duties, and the wise one delighted in their diligence. I could feel the energy of that place flowing up through the soles of my feet, a growing pulse that pulled me into rhythm with the Wise One and his kingdom. I'd noticed it as we walked, but it wasn't until much later that I realized the steps I'd climbed to get here were all part of his network. Each step we took was measured and communicated to the Wise One. It quickly became clear that he had a message for us. But first, a test. A lesson in opening our eyes, letting go of expectations, simply being still. Evidence of his generous heart, he called them in. The silent souls we've been pursuing. They entered the court through a narrow passage, each emerging cautiously, eyes somehow darting everywhere at once. He urged them on, whispering to them words of safety and assurance. We'd hoped to spot a few but we were humbled to see he'd brought us a dozen. The slow procession grew closer, pausing, pausing, before being guided on by the wise one's soft words. The eldest lady with the wild eyes drew up closer than the rest, jaws moving steadily within arm's reach of us. We were still, never looking directly at them, but sidelong, faces lowered, respectful. The sun moved across the sky as they strode on, revealing their unique personalities, sharing their secrets, of which we could hear only faint threads. There was no time as they passed by. We did not breathe. We could be nowhere but present. As their footsteps faded, we weren't sure if we'd passed the Wise One's test. It would be many weeks before we knew. Months before we heard his voice again. When we returned, Ivan himself observed our arrival, gazing down intensely from high above in the canopy. Many others cried out, trying to send word to the wise one, but only Ivan had his ear. The kingdom was barely recognizable, camouflaged by the seasons, but the wizard and his sharp eyes remained sure. We paused again in that place. You can't hide from me, he whispered as he took my hand and led us into court. We'd come to reveal the magic of this place. We had a plan to capture the essence of the wise one through art and storytelling, but he had far more in store for us. As we settled ourselves again at his feet, laying out paper, ink and paint, he quieted our minds and called us to his aid. In those measureless moments, he revealed to us the biggest quest of our career as historians, explorers, investigators, psychonauts, as romantics. It wasn't just his story we needed to tell. There were hundreds, thousands of stories waiting to unfold and it was our duty to help share them, to bring them to life in new ways and give other adventurers the chance to connect with the magic of these places. To do this we would need to make an offering to the land to share a piece of ourselves, our work, our magic with this place. As the wizard dug in the soft earth and created a nest for our lovingly crafted amulets, he said a quiet prayer of gratitude, reverence and hope. We watched as the land's tiniest inhabitants explored our gifts, feeling their shape and pulling them into their frequency. You will do this there too, sweet children. We heard the wise one murmur. Tell the stories. Manifest the magic. Show them. It is in your hearts, but you must help open theirs. Remind them that magic is anywhere they are. All around, within and without, above and below. You finally stopped talking long enough to listen. Now you must never stop listening. It is not your voice with which you will speak, but ours. I will tell the others you are coming. Godspeed, my adventurers. And so it began. If you're interested in having one of these storybooks in your back pocket, too, you can get your very own tale of The Wise One. Just email us at romanticpod at gmail.com. That's romantic with a K. R O M A N. T-I-C-K-P-O-D at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at romanticmagic both with K's Well it sounds like the wise one wants to give us a few tips to guide us on our journey to the island. Since his altar will be our next stop it's important that you know how to recognize him. We recently completed one of our new armor sessions where we got a peek at his appearance and gear. So sit back, relax, and see if you can spot him in the black. Then enjoy today's Zemgrata track, a musical journey inspired by the one who helped us start this absolutely magical adventure. The Wise One is made of ether, but he appears to us in the form of a tree. His skin is made of gray bark, grooved and gnarled with age and weather. He is clothed in thick, twisted vines of black and silver. On his head is perched a wizard's hat, crafted of mossy bark, twigs, and more vines. His long face is ash white, the color of driftwood. Around his neck is a shining clear quartz lens on a leather cord. He holds it to his large knot hole of an eye and peers through it, looking at his kingdom as it stretches far and wide, through that magical lens he can see for miles. On his left hand is perched a spotted owl, regal but stout, perhaps Ivan or one of his generals. Filling the palm of his right hand is a black sphere, but not solid black like obsidian, more like a shadow. From afar, it looks like dark glass or smoky quartz. As you step closer, you see that it is in fact moving. In his hand rests a sphere of ants, circling one another in an endless loop of motion. The Wise Ones' Messengers As you sit on the wooden bench before him, you notice a pattern at his feet. It looks like a patchwork, a grid of roots stretching far out of sight of the throne room. These are the stories he weaves into this place. These are the tales of magic and wonder that he leaves behind for us. If only we will turn off the chatter and pause long enough to hear them.